Welcome to the Kingdoms Podcast, sharing the stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Hello, wonderful people. You're once again welcome to the King Dames podcast. Today I have with me a guest who is a mixed martial artist. He is the former interim bantamweight champion of the world with Bellator MMA. Uh, but before we head right into talking about this man and his journey, I'm excited to announce to you that the Augment Business School has endorsed the kingdoms podcast the augment business school happens to be our very first sponsors and we're happy about that for those of you who would like to enroll with the augment business school for the mba program you have courtesy of our partnership our promo code called kingdoms port 30 and that gives you 30 percent discount to the program where you enroll with that code it is on our instagram handle you can get access to that this is a brand that actually resonates with my values it is a brand that i connect strongly connect with and that is why i'm really excited to announce uh, this partnership and interestingly I am currently undergoing my master's in business administration in the Augment Business School. I can tell you, I can tell you for free that this is a program that actually helps you to develop your business acumen by obtaining lessons from seasoned, experienced, top-notch business leaders in the in various industries, these are people who have hands-on experience, who have built great brands. I strongly recommend Ackman Business School if you want to take your business acumen to the next level. Exciting days ahead. Life is way more important than sales. You're not going to know what's going to be the problems and what are the challenges that you're going to face. And my job is to help you understand how sales helps you succeed at life. By the end of that phone call, my hand was shaking so badly, I could not hold a pen to write. I called my manager, John, and I said, I might have just killed Jeff Bezos. The end result of Google acquiring YouTube for $1.65 billion is compressed into five days. You're being taught by actual people who have done it. The founder of Shazam, the founder of Lime, the founder of Eventbrite, the founder of Waves, the founder of YouTube, and others are going to help you understand how they did it. It is the best experience that you can have. You're going to see some truly remarkable results. Let's go. This is a lifetime lesson, so start now. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, this is the moment you all have been waiting for live on the Kingdoms podcast. Introducing 
a mixed martial artist with a professional record <laughs> of <laughs> 22 wins and two losses uh, fighting out of the United States of America, Raffian Superstar. <laughs> Let's go. Let's, Let's go, go. baby. <laughs> oh. How are you doing today? How are you? Man, I'm doing pretty good, man. I cannot complain. I'm doing pretty good. And of course, congratulations on your recent win over Danny Sabatello. Uh, and how are you celebrating this big win? Um, you know, I just uh DM everybody that been uh DM him from his camp. Um, just naughty things and uh FUs and uh middle fingers and uh laughy faces. No, I've been chilling, man. I've been uh you've, you've practically <laughs> been an internet troll. <laughs> yeah, I'm a troll. <laughs> wow, wow. I'm a wow, troll wow. to the trolls that trolled me. No. Uh, oh, wow, interesting. Uh, uh, other than uh, besides that, you know, because that's probably my pastime. Um besides that, I've just been chilling out with the family. Uh we are I'm in Omaha, Nebraska with my uh my wife's family and we're just hanging out. Wow, fantastic, fantastic. But then um, do you think that rivalry is closed or do you think we're going to see a trilogy sometimes in the future? I mean, as far as me, you know, the rivalry could be closed. Obviously, you know, I won two times. He hasn't won any, you know, fights. So it, it can be closed. But on the other hand, I'm not opposed to, like, if he wants to fight again, you know, or if somebody wants to pay me to fight him again, if somebody uh, gives me a contract with his name on it, I'm going to take it every time i'm gonna beat him up every single time because i do not like that kid and every time i get to make him bleed that's probably uh it just adds uh happiness to my life so i'm more happy the more i get to beat him up so um, it, it sounds quite it sounds quite personal for you because i saw that post interview post fight interview with um big john mccarthy right and yeah. there you're like anybody who pays you to beat him up you are going to do that um yeah but why is it personal though you know it started like um uh before we were gonna fight <clears throat> i seen him just calling out everybody you know um pretty much everybody that didn't have any wrestling so I see him as like a bully, like he's going to bully people that he, you know, he feels like he can bully because he's a good wrestler. And, um, you know, I, for me, when I see a bully, I see a coward, you know, um, somebody who's um, good at being a tough guy, but not good at not so good at, um, you know, taking it, uh, taking it back, you know. So um, and I don't like that. I don't like uh, I don't like that mentality. I don't like. You know, um, even his, yeah, I don't like his face, I don't like his hair, I don't like, no, I just don't like, you know, how he carries himself, how he talks um, to people that he feels like he can uh, beat up, and um, yeah, so I, I just don't like him, I don't I don't like his, uh, I, the character traits he's shown, I just, I don't like. Uh, so, so as a fighter, right, w would you say uh, the motivation is different when you're fighting or another athlete that you personally dislike would you say the motivation um during that fight is different uh, I, would, I would say, I would say for me i would say it's different and i would say it's better for it's better for me to prepare or it's easier i should say it's easier for me to prepare for somebody that i don't like um as opposed to like somebody that i have respect for you know i want to see do great things um it's harder for it's it's harder for me to prepare for somebody 
who uh like i respect you know it's easy i mean i i wake up in the morning and you know imagining uh you know punching danny is is pretty motivating to me so uh and you know come with or what comes with that is like this part the after part you know where i can talk as much as i can talk and he can't say nothing <laughs> like that <laughs> That part is like also very motivating. Cause like right now I know he's at home just like punching the air, freaking throwing darts at my face on the wall. I know he's upset, you know, I know he's really mad. And I would hate to be in that uh, position, especially after talking so much. Um, so yeah, I, 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 it's super easy to be motivated uh, against somebody I don't like. Yeah, you, you fighters get to talk smack a lot, you know, a lot of trash talking, right? Yeah. But uh, would you say even when you don't like that person, sharing time with that person in, in, in the cage, in the octagon, right, would you say that actually brings out some respect, uh, regardless of whether you like that person or not? Does that um, make you um, respect the person after doing the match? No, I definitely, I definitely respect him as a fighter. Uh, I respect him more as a fighter after this last fight. You know, he actually came out there and he put all his chips on the uh, line and he came out there and he, he tried to fight, you know, to the best of his ability. Um, uh, of course, I feel like his ability is trash. He sucks, but um, he put he put himself out there. So I have to respect that, you know. Um, I feel like I gained more respect for him the second fight than I did uh, the first fight. Um, but it don't really change, like, how how I feel about how he carries himself, you know? Like, I respect him as a fighter. Um, and, yeah, and, it, and it's hard for me to say that just because I don't I don't like him. But, um, but yeah, I, I – and he's also – he's he's been in there in a, in eight rounds with me. So, um, I have to respect – like, I, I'm kind of forced to respect him uh, as a fighter. Um, just because he's he's took some of my best shots, you know, and uh, I'm trying to hurt him. I'm trying to like, <laughs> uh, I'm trying to you know get him out of there. So, um, so I gotta respect him in that that regard. Okay, Sp speaking of respect, um, I do respect you personally, and I've actually followed your journey uh, since uh, 2021. Uh, you recollect I, I reached out to you after your fight with um, Magomed uh, Magomedov, right? And then to congratulate you, yeah. I saw I saw uh, a fellow Nigerian brother. You know, I'm always very big on Nigerians succeeding uh, at anything in, in life. You know, and then I love uh, mixed martial arts a lot. You know looking at yourself looking at the wonderful things yourself kamaru's man my boy easy are doing you know at the global stage it's really wonderful to see nigerians are uh, succeeding and you know um kudos to you for for uh flying the flag you know and making us proud uh yes, so sir. basically <laughs> the, the podcast is about sharing the stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things right and who better uh than an ordinary person like yourself doing extraordinary things to have on, on the port it's really wonderful to have you so um basically we are going to like head straight into talking about your journey your story as uh, as a person right uh so how would you describe yourself um in a nutshell um i would describe myself man uh in a nutshell i think uh just a funny you know uh funny fun loving uh athlete i guess um or funny fun loving fighter 
I would say, like in a nutshell, that's probably probably encompasses a lot of who I am. Okay, <laughs> how, how about outside of sports? Uh, what, what would you describe yourself as? Um, I would describe myself as a a family man, um, a family man, and a what, <clears throat> like a kind of team player, teammate, uh, freaking like I like to a family member, you know, I like to like uplift people outside of, um, outside of here, you know? So, um, whatever I can do, you know, to, um, kind of help my family and help my teammates, help the people around me. Um, that's kind of me, you know? Um, I might, and I also, I mean, I talk shit to all my family and all my, uh, my teammates and stuff too. So, uh, uh yeah i don't know <laughs> okay speaking of family right uh that actually leads to that's quite connected to the next question so the next question basically is how was childhood and growing up like for you how was uh what your childhood oh uh, my childhood. Like when you were a child yes and yeah. how was growing up like for you yeah so um i grew up um my so I grew up, my dad is Nigerian. Uh, my dad moved here uh, for college uh, to America. And then my mom is from America. Um, she, they kind of, they split up uh, when they were uh, young, you know, um, or when I was young, I should say. Um, they were young too. Um, and so I live with my mom for uh, uh, a lot of uh, time. And um, I would like frequent with my dad. Um, you know, when I, when my mom would let me kind of go over there and, uh, yeah. So my mom was a single mom kind of, of, uh, three, she had three kids, you know? Uh, so she was somebody who was like kind of scratching and clawing <clears throat> to get out of poverty and stuff like that. But she was, she, she just kept taking like steps in the right direction, like getting better jobs, uh, further her education, like all on her own. And, um, you know, so we kind of, we moved, but we moved kind of to better places. We started in like section eight housing and then we moved to like a better apartment then to another better apartment to, you know, a, a house. Then she like was able to like uh, purchase a house. Um, so I watched my mom like literally uh, claw herself out of uh, poverty. So um, I feel like that really like helped um, kind of build a, a, uh, a hardworking uh trait uh in me and um also yeah i had two younger brothers so i was an older brother so a lot of the times i was the one who was um uh who they were like looking up to who they were so you're the firstborn right I'm firstborn yeah i'm the first why well, that, that, that means we share we share a lot in common I'm yeah, the oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah Nigerian. Little looking up to you you know and yeah, you know, it's a, it's quite away. a tough spot to be in, a quite a tough position, you know. Yeah. Uh, being that person that they look up to, you have to always, you know, show that good example, even exactly. when it's not comfortable for you, right? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, you, and you know, and you you know, you always got like eyes on you, whether you whether you notice or not, or whether uh, they tell you or not, you know, they're they're watching you, you know. So um, yeah. So that uh, that was kind of my my upbringing. So I, I can see your mom was a very strong, you know, um, influence in your early life, uh, yeah. building in terms of building your character, right? But then, who yeah. would you say were the other um, 
early life influencers who did you look up to who were those um role models or mentors you know while growing up that helped um, shape who you are today um my dad was definitely like he would um definitely give me like good advice and um you know always tell me to uh, believe in god and 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 do the right thing and stuff like that um as far as like uh like people who i thought were like cool when i was like little I thought my grandpa was uh, pretty cool. He was uh, he used to break horses and uh, he was a cowboy. Uh, he used to listen to country music and um, and uh, we would spend a lot of time with him uh, too. So uh, he was something that or somebody and he he just had like a personality that was just like bigger than life. You know, he was so loud everywhere he went. You know, uh, he was somebody that I I really thought was uh, really cool when I was younger. He, he, or, is that your grandpa from your dad's side or your your mom's side? That's that's my grandpa from my uh, dad's side. Oh, oh wow, side, my bad, from my mom's uh, side. Uh, yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, he's uh, he was also a Rolling Stone, so I heard some stories about him all over the city with different uh, women and all. He was a cowboy in the truest sense of the word. Okay, so uh, how did you get into wrestling? Uh, I know you got into wrestling from a pretty young age, but how, how did that happen? Uh, did yeah. you do any other sports? So I did, Um, I was doing football, I did pole vault. I was just kind of trying sports. I did karate or taekwondo for a little bit. Um, And then I was a junior in high school where when I found wrestling, or it was actually the summer of my sophomore year. Um, But yeah. Um, I found wrestling just because I was doing a, uh, I had science class and my teacher or my science teacher was also the wrestling coach and he was giving out free quiz points for uh, any dude that wanted to uh, sign up for wrestling. So he was giving me, uh, he gave me a, a free quiz points. I came out and I tried it um, and then I liked it. You know, um, I was like naturally good at it. And um, yeah, I, I, I kind of tried it, went to a couple tournaments and then uh that next year i did it like uh full time oh wow so uh can you talk us through the highs and lows of your wrestling career i know um you were an ncaa champion division two mm -hmm. champion at some yeah. point but then you know the wins the losses how did you uh, you definitely need a lot of dedication a lot of uh, consistency a lot of passion to be able to scale through wrestling requires a lot of discipline like how did you um scale through that wrestling part of yeah. your life oh so when I started wrestling, it was um, I started as a junior in high school. So I was probably about 17, um, which is kind of late to uh, like compared to like everybody else who had went to college and um, was like wrestling at a high level. So um, the beginning of my wrestling, I was just well, actually, by the, the beginning, even of my college, um, my college years, I was kind of like learning the sport. I was still learning the sport. So I was a. Uh, I was learning a sport as I was <clears throat> going, but I was like athletically gifted and I, I was fast and um, strong. So um, I was just like naturally uh, good and had a good uh, sense of body awareness, um, which like helped me. But I was like so green when it came to uh, like the techniques and the um, uh, the moves and things like that. So uh, I had to do like uh, kind of a lot more uh like learning a lot more learning so i was like learning a lot throughout my career and i found that um actually like helped me you know to uh like perform better because i wasn't focusing on things like um um 
like I I wasn't focusing on like cutting the weight or like uh being in a crazy shape or um I was like focusing learning how to be good at wrestling, how to uh to do the techniques. And I also I didn't like have a bunch of bad techniques that I was like carrying over to um to, to college. Um because I was so green, I was like learning all the techniques from the for the first time. So it was like it was difficult just because I was like I was kind of behind the curve on learning, but it was like fun and it was um exciting to like learn all the new techniques which made it like uh easier for me to like um have fun wrestling you know so i had like fun wrestling throughout my uh, wrestling career because i was always it was always new it was always something i was like oh okay that makes sense man that's different um you know and um so i was like i guess my junior year when i first started i made it to state right i made it which is like the big tournament at the end of the year um i made it to state uh qualify for state but then i like uh i felt was that when you came fourth you say was that what was that when you you placed fourth place um no 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 so that was uh that was in in, co uh, in college so in high school okay. high school i made it to state but then i i i, I failed a, a progress report or a report card or something so i oh, was wow. to uh go to state and uh high in high school uh, and then that next year I was able to go to state and then I placed uh, in state. But um, that was like one of the lows of my life. Uh, or when you talk about like how's the lows of wrestling. Cause I yeah, was talk, talk, talk us through how you felt. How did you feel at that point in time? Did you feel like giving up? Did you feel like, you know, okay. is this so, the end? So the, so the uh, premise that I, my mom had passed away. My mom had passed away that, uh, that uh. I had started wrestling. So I was really getting it or what really got me into wrestling was uh, like I got to hurt people and I got to like uh, I got to like release that anger that I was like feeling uh, over the, my mom passing. And um, so I was like solely focused on wrestling. I had given up on not giving up on school, but I was like school was in the back burner. I was just there. You know, I wasn't. Um, I, yeah, I didn't really see the point of it. I was like. Like, I mean, we're all going to die anyways. Like, what's the point of doing any of this? You know, like, I'm going to just go to this wrestling um, class and I'm going to exert all my energy, spend all my energy and uh, try to hurt these uh, these people in competition. And, um, yeah. Um, in order to wrestle. So then, um, yeah, I figured that out. And so then I, I placed that um, my senior in high school. And then uh, my my junior my freshman year in college, I redshirted so I could like continue to learn and um, you know kind of catch up learning wise with uh, uh, the other kids. And then my sophomore year, I placed fourth. I placed fourth um, at a at a junior college um, national tournament uh, at the end of the year. And that was like pretty big for me because that was my first time all American. And that was like, you know, the top, you know, the top uh what our top four in that weight class in that uh and in junior college. So that was like huge for me, all American. And, and then that next year I had uh tore my meniscus. So I wasn't able to wrestle to my potential just because I was dealing with like that injury. I couldn't like I couldn't bend my leg, you know, majority of the season. 
and I just wasn't, you know, uh, wrestling at top form. Um, it's really crazy having to, to to deal with injuries. Like, uh, as an athlete, do you get depressed when you you are injured and you know you can't, you know, move your body the way you typically would? Yeah, you you'd be surprised. Like how I feel like um, like healing or recovering or resting is like the hardest thing for uh, athletes to do because it's like um, you feel like you're doing nothing. It's also like you have so much like energy pent up that you're used to like using, you know, um, that when like even my wife says, like, if I if I sit at home for too long, you know, then I get like antsy and then I get like, <laughs> you know, like I'll, I'll start messing with them or start creating, uh, creating, you know, uh, drama problems and stuff, you know. So I uh, like it's, it's therapeutic and it's. Um, it's if it, it feels good to like yeah get your body moving so when you can't it's frustrating it's it's super frustrating you know you don't feel like you're progressing you feel like you just you wasting space and uh yeah it's hard so injuries are they're hard they're a lot harder mentally uh than people would think like oh all you got to do is rest now like that's way harder to do for some reason you know yeah uh, but some people to, try like, to heal your body energy yeah it's hard, man. Like, it's hard. Yeah. It's, uh, like, how about handling that the, energy the, in a positive way? I mean, we got to find a positive way to channel it, you know? Uh, yes. It, it, it's, which I don't know. Um, Like, physically moving, physically moving is something, like, if you can't physically move, like, okay, I can say I can channel my energy into, like, playing video games or channel my energy into um building something or... You know, but it's like if if I don't sweat doing it or if I don't like move enough to like, uh, yeah, like sweat or get tired, it doesn't I feel like I don't release that energy like I like I want to. Yeah. But but then have you ever worked with a, a sports psychologist or a therapist um, at such period of time? Yeah, uh, I, I was asking you if you've ever worked with a sports psychologist or a therapist, you know, at any time, at any point in time when you're injured. No, I've never worked with a, a sports therapist. No. Uh, okay, okay, I think I think that's a recommendation for me to you. You know, that could actually yeah. help. You know, to channel um, energy positively because I do remember myself. You know, uh, there was a time in 2021 as well when I just you know started talking to you. I. I was involved in a life-threatening accident, you know, my Mercedes-Benz, yeah. you know, uh, it's somersaulted. I think somersaulted about four times. And then, oh, wow. like, I, I nearly lost my life. And, you know, I was coping with, like, um, some spinal cord um, injury, you know, back injury, basically. And I couldn't go wow. to work for, for, for a couple of months, right? But then yeah. I had I had to speak with a therapist at that point in time, and they kind of helped me to channel uh, my energy uh, in a positive uh, way. So like I what you challenged it to? What does that mean? Uh, so um, I was reading self development books, you know, uh -huh. uh, because for, for for me I'm not an athlete. I'm a finance professional, right? So yeah. I'm used to that routine of waking up, you know, uh, going to work, being on your computer, um, you know crunching numbers but then that routine was gone and it felt like my life was 
practically like useless, right? Yeah. But then uh, they they kind of helped me to channel that brain energy towards something different. So I was reading a lot of self-development books, you know, uh, trying to learn new things, uh, develop yeah. new interests. So at the point in time, you know, I, I signed up on UFC uh, Fight Pass. So yeah. I was watching a lot of the old fights as well. So it, it sort of helped me to develop my, my, my knowledge, you know, in um, MMA, because I remember when I started following MMA in 2019, and then a lot of the guys from the US are always like, oh, you casual, you casual. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but, they love saying that. Yeah, but then, you know, um, during that period of my life, I worked a lot of fights. I was able to analyze these things, right? And by the time I was out of that phase of my life, nobody could dare call me a casual. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, yes. I know. It. Yes. So, so basically, you know, sometimes if you speak with a therapist, they, they have these ways of helping you channel that energy towards, you know, something different. Uh, yeah. If you develop a new passion or learn something new, you just discover that it helps with your mental health um, basically yeah. because um physical strength is good but then mental strength actually takes one um further yeah uh, in life and that's so. and i feel like that's where like the injuries talking about the injuries that's where it's like hard mentally it's hard it's hard to uh yeah cope with not being able to uh like do it's, anything it's a, yeah. it's a very bad feeling it's a you know you get into really dark spaces yeah you know, but then many people would might not experience that in in their lifetimes you know mm -hmm. that's that's very um the lowest of lows yeah to those very dark spaces but then if you go for something in your life if you if you push for something in your life you know it has a way of saving you and helping you even impact the lives of other people yeah so yeah sometimes you just develop new passions and you, you can actually, you know, be an expert at something else uh, yeah. in life. <laughs> okay. Uh, so interesting. So speaking of the lows, you know, speaking of the lows in your, your wrestling career, what were the highs in the wrestling career? Um, so highs? I would say like me winning uh, nationals uh, for the first time. Um, the first time I was a national champion, just because um, it was kind of the first time I felt like, you know, uh, I could pretty, I could do anything that I put my mind to, you know, um, okay. that was, a, that was the first time that I, you know, or I had, I had seen it in real time, you know, like I put my mind to doing this and I, I did it, you know, I'm capable of great things. Um, the human yeah. mind is very powerful. It is. Yeah. And then once, yeah, once, once I did it once, I feel like I opened the door to being like, you know, whatever I put my mind to, I can do, like, I can literally, I can wake up every day and choose to do it, you know? So, um, yeah, that was the, definitely the high of my wrestling career. Okay. Uh, would you like to talk us through the transition into MMA, from wrestling into MMA? You know, a lot of wrestling guys, uh, I think people like DC, right, say that wrestling is, you know, the best base to transition yeah. into MMA. So yeah. uh, did you share that sentiment? <laughs> um, yeah, I agree. Um, the reason I agree is because um, so many uh, aspects of the wrestling um, just equate well with MMA, you know, the one-on-one -on -one competition, um, all of the competition that you have, um, 
the body control that it takes to learn wrestling, the uh, being able to control somebody else's body and um, be able to like uh, temper or gauges or feel, you know, um, how how a person is going to react or make a person react. It's just so many intangible things that wrestling provides that um, I don't feel like any all, all the other sports uh, provide. Uh, and then also mental toughness. You know, uh, wrestling is probably one of the myths. You got to be the most mentally tough uh, to go through the practices uh, that we have. So, um, yeah, I definitely agree with that uh, sentiment. Um, speaking about my my transition to MMA. So I had um I had one nationals uh, for the second time, and then after I had one nationals, I was thinking about doing like um, going to the Olympics and wrestling uh, for the world team. But um I <clears throat> I had a couple of uh, credits to get at the college I was at, so I decided to um, to coach uh, part time and then um, finish the credits that I have um, uh, for the college. So I uh, assistant coached while I uh, finished my my degree and i was asked i actually called uh kamara usman and um because because he was at the olympic training center at the time and i just wanted to know kind of what uh like you know what i needed to do uh like was it a good idea to do it um like how much it cost to be there you know um i just wanted to know all those things and um and when i was talking to marty you know or not uh when i was talking to kamara uh, no no <laughs> i mean it's coming to gonna be happy with that <laughs> Mar it's funny news, man. it's funny too because <laughs> it's a really funny nickname <laughs> i don't feel like he tripped he tripped about that name because that's <laughs> i mean that's what people was calling him it wasn't like he he named himself people was like calling him that and uh yeah his name ben kamara but yeah um yeah, so when I was talking to Kamaro, um, I think it's funny too because it's like uh, it's like when somebody grows up and they like, hey, no, you call me by my name, don't call me by my nickname. You know what by I mean? Uh, <laughs> you know, you just forget. <laughs> but, um, but then it's crazy when your nickname gets twisted, you know, by somebody. Yeah, it gets twisted uh, like it's like you created it. Yeah, like no, I don't, I don't think that. But um, yeah, it's it's funny. But anyways, when I was talking to Kamaro. Um, he was just like telling me, you know, uh, uh, just telling me everything that needed to be done. You know, the politics involved, um, you know, uh, how to succeed and stuff. And I was like, I was like, man, it just sounds like super hard <laughs> when he was like explaining it to me. But at that the same point, you know, uh, Kamara wanted he was looking out for me. He wanted me to know, you know, uh, what I was getting myself into you know, before I got into it. He just wanted me to know, you know, and that's what I asked him for. But uh, at the end of the call, I was like, man, that was like, man, how the hell am I ever going to make it in wrestling? <laughs> you know? Uh, and so, but I was like still thinking about it. Um, and while I was also doing that, um, Jens Pover, a, um, he was like the first MMA or the first light heavyweight champion. Um, he, he, uh, he um, was starting a gym in the in the at the town that my school was uh, my school was at. So he was starting a gym, and uh, they had asked me to help and come or come help do the wrestling program. Just help the fighters learn how to wrestle. Um, at this point, I didn't even know what MMA was. Um, I did. I hadn't. You know, even I wasn't even watching MMA. You know, um, this was in like two thousand and. Uh, 
13. Um, yeah, so I didn't know what it was, but um, he asked me to come and to, um, yeah, help them learn wrestling. So I was like, okay, yeah. And so eventually, you know, I started doing, uh, helping them wrestle. And then I started doing some of the uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu classes that they offered just to like kind of learn what I needed to help them with. And then I also did some of the boxing classes. And then Gents was like, hey, man, you, you came to all these classes. You might as well fight. And I was like, oh, well, I guess I will fight. You know, I'll, uh, I'll try it out. I'll, I'll have a fight, you know. And um, I had my first fight. Gents Pover was in my corner. And um, I choked this, like, 6'1 dude out unconscious. And I was like, I'm the baddest dude in the world. And this is what I want to do. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I tell people, you know, there's a point in life where you hit a realization that you are good at something and you should go for it. Uh, would you say mm -hmm. that was a point you realized that you're good at this yeah. thing and you would, yeah. you would go for it? Uh, yeah. Okay. So, so, so who, who would you say were, um, are strong influences in your life at that point in time when you were transitioning into MMA? Like, who were those people that encouraged you? You know, you called Kamaru's man, you know, yeah. about the Olympic wrestling thing. So did Kamaru also, you know, provide that uh, moral support to you? And who were the other guys who were in your corner? Yeah, Kamaru always uh, felt like he was my big brother. Feels like, you know, he's all, you know, he's somebody that always is like, um, even when I when I was going to because he he was my he was my team Texas coach for high school, um, so I've known him since I was in high school, uh, and uh, yeah, he's always just been like, even when I was coming to college, like we had a conversation where he was he was like, hey man, hey, it's different, it's uh like you moving up from D two or moving up from JUCO to uh. For D2, the season's longer. You need to be prepared for that. Or, you know, you're going to be wrestling a lot of tough competition, like stuff like that. And it's like, bro, I know. <laughs> you know, you know, you got that older dude. You're like, Big brother, I got brother this, vibes. Bro. I got this, you know. So, uh, no, but it's, 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 it's always been out of love. You know, I understand that, you know. But, um, um, yeah, so Usman was definitely, you know, an influence on me. Um, and then Jens Pover, obviously Jens Pover had taken an interest in me early, you know, he was like hands-on with me early. He was even like still commentating and doing stuff in his career, but he was like uh, helping me, you know, um, develop. Uh, I was like looking looking up to them, looking to them for advice. Um, yeah, man, uh, that's, yeah, I, that was pretty much my circle, my circle of uh, people that was, like, uh, help me as far as, like, MMA, you know. Um, and those guys, you know, they helped me out a lot, you know. But, yeah. Would you say, uh, for Kamaru's man, right, would you say mm -hmm. the fact that you are also of Nigerian descent uh, was an influence in him taking to you and giving you that love? Yeah, it was actually, I think his, he had told me that his mom had found out that I was a Nigerian and it was another Nigerian um, coming to the uh, team, um, and even before, you know, when I was uh, on Team Texas, she had, she, because uh, when I had seen him or whatever, uh, when I had came up on my recruiting trip, uh, he was like, hey, man, you good or whatever? And I was like, yeah, I'm good. He was like, my mom, I mean, you got food, like you got everything you need and stuff like that. He was like, my mama wanted to make sure you good, man. You good? <laughs> I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm good, you know. Um, so, yeah, he definitely took a 
interest in me. Um, I think his mom, you know, uh, took an interest in, you know, want to make sure, you know, a uh, fellow Nigerian was like doing well and, uh, you know, okay. So, uh, yeah, I, I, that was definitely part of it. It is always good to have that love, you know, shown to you by your fellow Nigerians. Yeah. Uh, sure. So speak, speaking of MMA, right, uh, what was your amateur career like and uh, progressing into, into a professional MMA, right? Why did you choose Bellator over the other uh, promotions? Because you are... I, I think I'm biased, right? But then I, I would still say it in my head and in my personal opinion, right? And my personal opinion is actually an expert opinion. Right? Yeah, I exactly. think you are one of the top five bantamweights in the world. And that yeah. is facts, right? So I yeah. think you can make it into any any promotion you wish to, to fight okay. in. But then why Bellator over the others? Yeah, so my amateur career was... Uh... I went like six and one, but I was like, um, I was probably fighting like every other month or every month. And uh, I was just trying to like find the toughest competition I could find um, before going pro. Um, because I had originally thought that I was just going to go out and go pro off the, off the gate. Uh, then I had a fight and then realized, you know, it's stuff I want to work on or stuff I want to, you know, show before I go pro, you know. Um, so I like had, I had seven fights like back to back to back. Um, and then I turned pro. Um, and the reason I chose Bellator is because, you know, uh, they kind of, they chose me, you know, they, um, they, they shown an interest, they showed interest and they, uh, yeah, they, they, yeah, they showed interest in me, you know, um, as opposed to, or like, uh, so I had offers from like the UFC, but the offers from the UFC was, um, it wasn't like, it, it, it was like, I was uh one I was an option out of uh you know a sea of options and um the 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 way it was looking it was looking like I'll just explain it so I was uh uh the UFC had told me that I was on the short list then um they uh so like a fight would fall out you know like how um somebody has a fight and then one of the a fights short notice fall. replacements yeah, it, exactly a short notice they would give me short notice opportunities right but um, so the short notice opportunities, uh, the guy that had the fight, they they would give him like um, like three, three to four names. Um, and I would be like one of the names, you know, and it's like uh, I'm never going to be if I'm like top five in the world, I'm never going to be the first guy, you know, that you're going to choose to fight. Like, that's just not realistic. Nobody's going to. Uh, nobody's gonna pick me to fight. Uh, when it's like their UFC, you know, it's a it's a UFC fight. They're making a ton of money. You know, they're not gonna pick me. Like I'm not that fight that people wanna, you know, take because there's like no easy way to beat. Me. Like you can't just say, oh, I'm going here. I'm gonna just beat them this way. You know. Um. So yeah. So I that the short notice opportunity have happened to me probably like four or five times. Um. And so I was like. I was like, man, like this is getting old, like this is getting annoying. Um, you know, I have I have kids, I have family, I'm like I'm I need to start like uh making money. Um, this is just yeah, it's just not it, it's not working for me. And um I didn't even think about um Bellator until I had went to an a show. I went to a show uh because I was cornering Emmanuel Sanchez in the tournament, in a Grand Prix tournament actually. And um 
And then I went and I seen how, you know, how well, because I had been to UFCs, I had cornered there too. Um, and I seen how well of an organization um, they were and how well they treated the fighters and, you know, how good the production was and um, and where the company was heading. And I was like, man, Bellator is pretty cool or whatever. And I was talking to like John McCarthy uh, and I was like, um, I was like, or no, he was like, hey, man, I seen you uh, do your grappling match. Uh, like when when you gonna come to uh when you gonna come to Bellator or whatever? And I was like, I mean, whenever y'all call me, you know. But I thought it was just like small talk, just bull crap, you know. I was just playing around <laughs> or whatever. And uh, he was like, yeah. I was like, whenever y'all have your people call my people, or whatever. And uh, and so that Monday we got back. I uh, asked my manager and I was like, Hey man, uh, is Bellator an option for me? Like, uh, do I, you think I have a chance to go to Bellator? And he was like, Hey, let me ask. I'll call him or whatever. And then, so he called me, he called him and I went to practice and probably like two hours later, uh, Bellator replied with like an offer that was like bigger than I would have got for the UFC. So, um, that tells me like they, like I wasn't just an, and it was also, they were going to give me a, a camp, you know, um, I, I didn't have to like hop in on short notice opportunity. Like they believed in my success or they believed in my potential at least. So, um, so yeah, that's why I choose, I chose them. I chose them because they chose me, you know, they, um, they've been nothing but great to me. They've been a great platform and, um, I wouldn't have it any other way now, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm much better off, uh, financially, um, you know, just in life, um, because of Bellator. Okay, uh, the, the sample we often say in uh, the professional world, uh, go to where you are appreciated, not where you're tolerated. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Uh, uh, but then, exactly. you know, for, for, for me, uh, I think, um, when I look into the world of MMA, I think the UFC actually, um, was the one that introduced me into MMA, right? Yeah. And then uh, I definitely love to see, you know, uh, people that I love um, in, in the UFC. Uh, yeah. Do you see, do you, do you think there's that possibility of, you know, you uh, following the pathway of um, persons like Michael Chandler, maybe sometime in the future, um, fighting in the UFC? Is that a possibility? Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's like um, outlandish to think that I could end up in the UFC um, at this point. You know, um, but I always say so. Uh, and that's the other way I look at the I look at the UFC like, uh, yes, it's a great company. It's the top uh, MMA uh, company uh, out there. But um, like as far as for me, like I don't feel like or at that time, you know, now times are different. Like I have a different name. I have a different value. People kind of have been able to see my potential. You have a big brand. <laughs> yeah, I have a bigger I have a bigger brand now, you know. Whereas before they didn't, they didn't know, you know, like, yeah, I had potential, but they didn't know, you know, how good I could be. Um, now uh, it's kind of out there that I'm good. You know what I mean? So uh, it's easier for them to invest in me now. You know what I mean? So I don't, uh, I don't, I don't feel like it's like outlandish. Um, the other thing is like, I'm going to go to whoever going to like take care of me. You know what I mean? That's like definitely it, because because I can't like, yeah, the UFC is great. Um, you know, it has more eyes. It has all these things, but if I can't tangibly take all those things and feed my family with it, don't, for me, it don't necessarily matter. It don't necessarily matter that like in the public eye, 
I'm the best. Uh, that really don't technically matter to me. Like what matters to me are the people around me, you know, what I can do for the people around me and, um, you know, how I feel uh, inside. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm down. I'm down to fight anywhere, everybody, you know, wherever. Um, but, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, with this. You are truly, <laughs> you are huh? truly a family man. You are truly a family man. Yeah, you hear him in the background. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Put, putting your family first, you know. But um, don't yeah, worry. Yeah, for sure. I, that's, I, I, that's, I, that's for me as as a fighter, like that's what matters to me. You know what I mean? I am going to give like, you I'm the not, right to call. I'm not out here chasing girls. I'm not out here chasing likes. I'm uh, not out here chasing. <laughs> you know, uh, I don't. I don't care about that. That stuff don't really matter. It doesn't. It, yeah, it don't matter to me. I don't think it uh matters. So, yeah, that's where I'm at. <laughs> Interested. I will. I, I will give Dinner White a call, and you know, I hope you know they come up with an offer that you would like. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Expect it, yeah. Expect um, yeah. it soon. <laughs> I'm down to entertain it. Okay, that that that's fantastic. But um, I was going to talk about the the highs and lows of your Bellator or career, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. so I know uh, th there are two losses. That is uh to Merab Duvalvili, and mm -hmm. that guy's in the UFC right now, and uh, Pachi Mix. Like yeah. uh, quickly, like how how did you feel? Like how did those losses um influence you like what did those you know losses do to you because you know it's it's interesting when you keep winning right but then mm -hmm. you know when, when you lose as a person it makes you realize that you're still a human being you're vulnerable yeah. right it's like yeah. a reminder that you are human after all right yeah. even though you're super starts right yeah but then yeah. <laughs> super starts is yeah. still a human being yes, yeah <laughs> so uh how did you feel yeah so um both of those I feel like are kind of similar or similar just because um, I don't feel like I was able to like really fight or, you know, let the fight develop. I didn't have time. Um, they kind of like caught me early, you know, caught me slipping early. And um, yeah, so so it's like hard for me to it's hard for me to take a lot of uh, things to get better on, you know, because um, ultimately the losses like that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to learn. You know, um, how I can be a better martial artist for the next time, how I can be harder to kill for the next time. But it's hard to do that when the, the fights don't last that long and you don't get to see a lot. Um, and it's also two instances where uh, these guys aren't like I wasn't prepared. Uh, and, and this is this is well, that's something I can't get better on. I need to be, you know, uh, cognizant of the fact that like uh, no matter the their skill set, everybody is dangerous, you know, everybody's dangerous if I'm not prepared. And um, so I didn't think neither one of these guys could strike or, you know, bust a grape. Uh, but, you know, um, they were able to catch me clean with some shots I didn't see. And um, it was able to put me out. So, uh, yeah, I'm human. And it tells me that, you know, I just need to take everybody, uh, every part of everybody's games uh, serious and um, extremely seriously. Yeah, extremely, extremely seriously. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it's just a reminder of that. You know, it's things that I know, but yeah, I got to take, I got to take them very seriously, you know? Um, and then, oh, as far as like uh, getting like my two, it's pretty much I either get, I get knocked out or I win. So <laughs> I got to uh, stay away from, uh, you know, those early, early exchanges that I'm not ready for. Um, and then, uh, yeah, just 
just you know uh get better at what i can get better at focus on what i can get better at which is uh usually which i found the two times that i've i've um i've kind of got knocked out i've had bad weight cuts you know i had bad weight cuts and bad you know which was like uh bad training you know what i mean um and most of it was due to nutrition but um that's things that's something that i can i look at it like okay that's something i can i can get better at i can change i can i can change for the better you know um and i just kind of i kind of look at it like that so like the lows of my career you know have been to two of the best, you know, um, like in the world, you know, so um, I can't hang hang my head about that. Um, it's also kind of like fluke wins, like they're not wins that these guys can duplicate on me. Um, so like I take kind of, it's like bittersweet, you know, um, like if the fight went longer, I feel like I beat those guys. Um, and that's not something that these guys are used to creating, you know, these are not, um, finishes these they're used to creating so um so it's like flukes in in that sense um but yeah you know uh it's also a part of the game you know what i mean um i kind of try to take it in stride i try to take it for what it is um anthony pettis once told me you know never never believe how great people say you are and never believe how bad people say you are you know what i mean because i had just won the belt uh like a fight before and you know i'm gonna I'm the best ever, and then I lose a fight, you know, uh, uh, 90, 80 seconds of a bad decision, and um, now I'm, uh, some people say I'm the worst. So uh, I, I just don't let that stuff kind of phase me. And, uh, <laughs> it's, it's crazy in MMA how it's crazy in MMA how, how people's uh, memories. Yeah, are. you're good at your last fight. <laughs> yeah, <Right>? exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's, so. it's, it's 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 really crazy. Uh, speaking of um, Anthony Pettis, you were actually meant to fight his younger brother, Sergio Pettis, right? Yeah. So how is that gonna go? Like, I man, I that was the toughest for me. That was like the toughest fight to prepare for because again, uh, I like Sergio, um, and I was his teammate for like seven years. Like he was like one of my wow. main training partners for like seven years. So, and I know him. I know his girl. I know his dogs. I know his. You know what I mean? I like I respect him. You know a great deal. So. That was like the hardest uh, mentally. That was the hardest thing for me to prepare for, um, and I'm glad it didn't happen. You know, hopefully it don't I'm happen. Not, still. <laughs> I'm glad myself. I'm glad myself. Uh, yeah. Yes. Speaking of uh, losses and wins, right? I think yeah. uh, there's this book that is titled "Sometimes You Win, Sometimes You Learn," right? Mm -hmm. uh, so, would you say you've learned from those losses? Like, what would you say you learned from those losses? Yeah, I definitely, definitely, I definitely feel like. Cause it's obvious. I mean, if you lose, you know, there's something that you could have done better. There's something, you know, uh, sometimes it's harder to find, um, than other times, but, um, yeah, I definitely, I've, I've definitely learned from each one of my losses and it's the reason I'm as good as I am right now. Okay. Uh, so speaking of Bellator, right. Um, yeah. recently, uh, they got acquired by the PFL. Yeah. Right. So, 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 what, what are the great things you think uh, we should expect, you know, from this recent uh, merger slash acquisition? Like, what, what do you yeah, think is going to happen? I don't know for sure, but uh, just me speculating. I think you know, um, it's going to be fun because the the owner said something about like maybe you can do the tournament, maybe some people can do uh, one offs. Um, also, like the fact that there's you know. Uh, uh, potential different matchups, you know, um, different people added into the mix, you know, 
Um, we have uh, we're on ESPN or or they're on ESPN. We can cross promote with them. Um, you know, I like the champions versus champion. It's it's a lot of fun uh fun things that could happen. You know, with this PFL uh uh what do you call it? Um, not a merger, but them uh assuming um Bellator. So um yes, yeah, a bunch of fun things. You know, uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what like what. Cause I have no idea what's gonna happen still, so uh, I'm excited to see. So, uh, speaking of crossovers, right? Uh, recently, we saw Francis Ganu uh, in that crossover uh, boxing uh, battle with Tyson Fury. So, oh, yeah. what, what do you think about what do you think about that? Uh, what do you think about Francis Ganu? He's a fellow African brother. Like. Yeah, I love man. Francis Ngannou is the man, bro. Francis Ngannou is the baddest man on the planet. Uh, nobody could tell me any different, you know. Uh, he went in there, never boxed, or he, he boxed once. He had a, uh, he, th that was his first boxing fight. That was his first boxing fight. Yeah, yeah first. Okay, well, yeah, never fight. boxed ever before uh, in a professional boxing uh, fight. Arguably the greatest uh, heavyweight boxer, you know. So uh, Tyson Fury is the man, you know. He's the baddest man on the planet, and. Um, yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what happens for him next. I think that was a great showing of, you know, uh, people think you know just just because we do a lot of disciplines, we're not um, elite at any of them, you know. Uh, and when I say I'm talking about MMA guys, but um, yeah, we can compete with everybody and anything. So uh, it 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 made me proud as an African, made me proud as a not G or a, uh, an MMA fighter. Uh, yeah, that was, that was super cool. Looking at the MMA community, right? The MMA community definitely, you know. Um, we needed that one. We needed that yeah, one. Yeah, we needed boxes, that one, right? These boxers <laughs> been trying to test up. The controversy. The controversy. The controversy, right? Who do you think won that fight? Who do you I think, think won Fury that fight? won the fight, man. He was the closest to ending the fight, you know. Um, I, Fury? I think, no, 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 no. Not Fury. Uh, my bad. Uh, Ngannou. <laughs> Nganu, God dog. Why well, say Fury? Uh Francis. That's what I meant. Francis. I think Francis won the fight. Uh he was the closest to uh finishing the fight. Um he got a he got a knockdown. He obviously, you know, um yeah, I think Fury won or uh Francis won the fight. My bad. Francis. Yeah. Francis Nganu. <laughs> It was really crazy, you know, because um, it was a big night for, for Africa that night because I remember I was at Box Park in um, East Croydon in London. And I think just th about 30 minutes before the fight, uh, South Africa had just won the Rugby World Cup. And we're uh -huh. looking, yeah, we're, we we're looking forward to the Tyson Fury and Ghana fight. And a lot we of up. people had counted him out. Yeah, a lot of people counted him out, and apparently, I live in England. You know, a lot of people support Tyson Fury here. Oh yeah, yeah, and that makes sense. You know, the the crowd, you know, were yelling, expecting, you know, a Tyson Fury to to make a mockery of uh Francis and Ganu, and with that knockdown, I think <laughs> the knockdown was in round three, right? And with that knockdown uh -huh. coming in, it yeah. felt like I was in a dream. It felt surreal, you know. <laughs> it felt surreal because I think that day I was wearing I was wearing a UFC um, sweatpants and mm -hmm. a South African um, <laughs> jersey. <laughs> <laughs> so my UFC jersey was underneath. 
and my yeah. South Africa jersey was on top. So after after the after the South Africa um, match, the rugby match, I think I removed that and had the UFC theme. <laughs> You know, just, just, just supported um, Ngannou, you know. At first, at the beginning of the fight, I was looking quite stupid. Like, oh, you, you're, you're so bold to support Ngannou, right? And yeah. then, you know, it, it was making sense in the third round. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think they had to save the face of boxing, right? Uh, yeah. For, for me, I think uh, Ngannou, won the, Ngannou won the hearts, but Tyson won the fight. You think so? You know, Tyson won the decision, but yeah, Ngannou yeah. won the fight. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Technically, but I don't. Know. Yes, yes. It, it, it was a big up for uh, the MMA community, right? Yeah. Uh, so, next question on my lips, you know, are what would you say are the accomplishments that you're most proud of in your entire sporting career and in your personal life? What, what what accomplishments would you say you you're proud of the most? Um, I would say, I mean, my uh my kids are pretty pretty amazing. I love my kids, and I'm uh like, I guess like surprised by them every day. You know, uh, like how much, yeah, how much personality and stuff they got. You know, um, so that would probably be my biggest accomplishment. Um. Outside of that, I would say um, probably I, I, when when I won the um, uh, the Bellator belt in um, Hawaii, that was like that was pretty cool as far as my athletic career. Um, that was like that's probably the biggest moment of my athletic career. Oh, wow, interesting. So, how do you balance sports, business, and family? How how do you juggle those uh, three points? Um, have a you know i got priorities you know so uh my family you know always comes first you know um uh family and then family emergencies you know so um i give up a lot for this uh sport i guess um uh, as far as like um recreation you know or, or fun you know with my family and stuff but um uh yeah uh so <laughs> If it if it falls under family emergency, you know that's always gonna come first. And then uh, my career is like uh, pretty uh, in camp. In camp, my career uh, comes uh, first a lot of times when it comes to like uh, fun things, and then uh, my family, you know. But uh, it's easy. It's easy to um, prioritize, you know, um, or, or juggle it when you like prioritize it like that, you know. Um, like what's important uh, in the long run. Okay, uh, so in, in mixed martial arts, right? Uh, like like the name implies, it's mixed martial arts. You have to be good at, you know, a combination of uh, martial arts, right? So for, for me personally, I feel the top three, the top three martial arts that are applicable for you to be successful in mixed martial arts are wrestling, uh, kickboxing and jiu-jitsu. So mm -hmm. for you, what what would you say are the top three? Yeah, I would say wrestling. Um, I would say I would say Muay Thai over kickboxing, and I would say uh, Ad Jiu Jitsu. Yeah, yeah, I would say those. So, those. so <laughs> how about if you were to do a top five? Who who are the two other honorable mentions? Uh, top five, I would do. 
boxing and um that's a tough number five tough number five because i feel like you need i don't know if uh like cage wrestling is like a sport you know that's not a sport you know um yeah i would let's do like sambo or something Oh wow, combat yeah. sambo. Sambo, <laughs> sambo. What do you think about those Russians? You know, yeah, they have become part of it, a real... Part of it is the, the the mentality of uh the, the sambo athletes or the Russian athletes. Um, yeah, I like I like the mentality that they have going into fights or going into life. You know, where they just like so cold. You know that nothing really is like uh significant whether they're hurt or they're tired or they're feeling great they got the same face uh so uh yeah <laughs> but, but then you, you you've got a big grin over one of their own uh that's uh magomed how did you feel you know being the killer of the killers <laughs> yeah you know that was that was pretty cool because i was i feel like i was the i mean I, i'm sure other people have too but um you know, uh, I'd be one of the Dagestani, you know, one of the Dagestani boys, you know. So uh, um, that was like, that was a huge accomplishment too, like in MMA, just because it opened everybody's eyes to how good I am, you know, because um, he's a, he's an amazing athlete. He's an amazing uh, fighter and he comes from an amazing camp, you know, um, or an amazing, I guess, place uh, in Dagestan. So. Uh, it was like it was cool for like a lot of people because I believed in myself and I know how good I am. But uh, the general public, you know, sometimes it's hard for them to see, you know, who's really good. So uh, that was like cool for people to recognize, you know, how good I am. OK, um, as, as a fighter, right. Um, I, I want you to give me like an expose into the, the mind of the fighter. Right. Uh, have you ever had any fights where you. You might be talking smack, but you you feel some sort of fear factor for the opponent because of the kind of skill sets, because of the kind of you know um, strengths that the, they have. You know, uh, does does that ever happen? Um, yeah, I I'm um I feel like when it don't happen, that's when I get caught. You know, so uh, I def I. So when I look at a fighter, you know, and when I'm going, I'm, I'm I sign a contract to fight a uh, fighter fighter. Uh, I'm looking at everything that he does good, you know, uh, and I'm making sure that I'm aware of everything that he likes to do and the things that he likes to do good. Um, and then I look at what he does, what I feel like he doesn't uh, do good, and then I look at you know uh, where those skill skills compare to mine, you know, and then I I figure out where I want to direct a fight, uh, according to that, you know, so how I'm going to make him fight my fight. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of how I look at it. So yeah, I'm, I'm, a lot of people are like good in a lot of places that I'm, uh, that I have to be kind of scared of or aware of. Um, but yeah. So, so who are the top three, um, opponents that you've had, uh, so far in terms of, uh, the, the I would say after? the top, three uh i would get that have pushed you pushed the best out of you uh i mean i would say like 
like patchy and morale but i feel like i wasn't able to fight i didn't get to fight those fights um so i would love to i would love to fight those fights again hopefully i get, get this one back <laughs> yeah i'll get that one back um and then uh there was a fighter on the original scene i fought uh levi miles um and it was a tough fight because like in the fight i had like it wasn't a fight where i was just um kind of dominant it was a fight where i had success and then he had great success you know i had so i took him down uh one round and then he like put me in a heel hook uh to where i didn't i didn't know where i, I didn't know what to do i didn't know uh uh, I didn't know how to get out of it or what to do. So it kind of like put my head in a point where I was like, oh man, I can't take this dude down because I don't know where to go if he gets me in that leg lock again. Um, and then um, and then he dropped me. So I was like, okay, I'll just keep it on my feet, you know, keep it on my feet with this guy. And then he like, oh, he didn't drop me. He like, like flash knocked me. And um, I had to like battle through that, like flash knocked me twice or whatever. Um, wow. So I had to like battle through that, you know, come back, rally back. And um, I feel like that taught me a lot about myself, you know, um, and I had to like navigate that throughout the fight so, or through a fight. So that was like a um, that was a tough fight and a, a good fight for me uh, developmentally. Oh, wow. Spe speaking of flash knocks, you know, um, I I think of Jiri Prohashka, right? Mm -hmm. He said he said um, Dominic Reyes. Um, practically knocked him out um mid fight right but then he came back to 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 dominate that fight and you know um achieved a, a knockout so what, what what was going through your head at, at that point in time you know you said it made you learn something about yourself you know mm -hmm. that mental resilience that mental toughness so yeah. that you can come back from really dark corners right uh, which a lot of people will never experience in their lifetime yeah right? So, um, which other fight would you say um, took you into really dark places that you came back from and you're really proud of yourself? Yeah, uh, that was one, you know. And I also I figured out that, um, you know, people kind of have, like, two responses when, like, stuff goes wrong, you know. They That's either try to, like, run from it or they um, just kind of, like, nut up and... <laughs> say bring I it. think I think I think there are three responses. Three responses, brother. That's um flight, freeze, or fight. Yeah, yeah. Fight, freeze, yeah. Or fight. Exactly. Yeah. And, so um, those are three. Yeah, so that's what I meant by like it like um it showed me, you know, kind of who I am, you know. So um I chose to fight in those instances. I didn't like run away, you know, I just like in those instances I chose to fight. So uh I I pretty much I stood and I, I banged with him some more and um I won exchanges and then I took him down, you know. So I'm not one to shy from adversity or shy from the fight once things go bad for me. So that taught me, you know, you know, about kind of who I am, you know, when, when shit get real. Hmm, interesting. Uh speaking of yourself, uh what would you say are your hobbies and your interests? Like what personal Passion. uh my hobbies i like to build things um i like to play video games um and what else i like to do i don't know just hang out with family man i'm pretty pretty low-key uh interesting uh so what, what skills or competences or abilities do you have 
uh, that you're proud of about people do not know about? Um, most people don't know that I used to break horses when I was little. Um, what else? What else? Uh, I am very interested in actually financial or finances, you know, um, I do a lot of studying of, uh, um, uh, financial literacy and, um, yeah, just kind of estate planning and, and, and things like that. Like that stuff interests me. So uh, um, interesting, I, interesting. Maybe that's why we get along, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a finance professional. Yeah, see, I know. I heard that. I'm like, yeah, I think I to do some questions. Yeah, because uh, okay, yeah. I, like, yeah, I, I won't charge you. I won't charge you. You're my Niger brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, appreciate it. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, I uh, I found that stuff interesting. Um, yeah, here of late. Uh, actually, like during um during COVID during COVID. I started like reading um some books. Uh what, what was it? Uh was it Rich Dad, Poor Dad or Robert Kiyosaki? Or, or no, no, it wasn't that one. Uh which it, one uh, which one is it? Makeda, what was that book I read for Dave Ramsey? Dave Ramsey. That's what I read. Okay. Oh, I read wow. Dave Ramsey. And then so that got me like started on the path. You know, I don't agree with everything he says, but he, um, he says. But yeah, but yeah, that started me on a path to financial uh, literacy. So, yeah, oh, wow. interesting. So it's interesting to see that you 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 study, you know, you you read books, right? Uh, have you read this book by Napoleon Hill? That is our Think and Grow Rich. No, uh, uh-uh. uh, I haven't. Uh, I, th- I think I think you should read that one. Uh, my father probably. gave me very yeah. He my father gave yeah. me that book very early in life, and I think it sort of shaped my life for good. Think and Grow uh-huh. Rich. Then uh, there's this other one, the Jewish phenomenon. No, I haven't read that one either. That's that's. I read a lot of books. Yeah, it's a really fantastic one. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) but 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 what books? What what would you say are the top books that have you know shaped you or influenced you in life? Um. Yeah. That uh, that the Dave Ramsey one was one that got me started, and then um, I've done uh the Rich Dad Poor Dad. Um, I did a, uh, what was, uh, it was uh, a thousand, ah, I forget the name of the book, but it was about, um, great, like how it was about how, uh, all the, uh, people at the elite level of, um, anything have practiced, uh, they just have spent more time. Oh, the 10,000 hour rule. 10,000 hour rule. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. That's a great one. That's yeah. a great one. That's a great one. But yeah. Okay. Interesting. Oh, wow. So so what advice do you have for um, upcoming athletes and uh, young people in general? What advice, um, what, what life advice would you give them as a big brother? Yeah, as a big brother, I would say, you know, um, as, a, as an athlete, you know, your time is short, you know, so go after your goals, you know, attack them full force. And, um, I feel like consistency is, um, key. So, um, yeah, be consistent, chase your goal every day, you know, do something to chase your goal every day. It doesn't mean you have to, um, physically beat yourself down every day, but, um, make steps, uh, in the right direction. That could be recovery. That could be mentally studying. Um, yeah, take steps in the right direction every day and uh to accomplish your goals be consistent oh wow 
that that sounds really nice and it sounds like um advice that i uh gave to one of my friends his name is david um lately you know i tell him baby steps you know yeah always achieve something every day chip the block you know exactly if you if you're trying to break down a mountain if you keep chipping it's you know little blocks little bricks every day you discover over time you you'd achieve um a lot right but a lot of people want to just you know achieve a lot in one day and they say Rome was not built in a day you know yeah Yeah, just keep pushing for your dreams right if you don't go for something in life right you never know the joy the ecstasy of victory Mm -hmm. of achieving yes and you know when you achieve uh something that might means a lot to you in life it makes you more confident about yourself and it's a big step towards self-actualization yeah great yeah. <laughs> maybe someday i'll be a pastor in the future yeah. <laughs> we don't know <laughs> okay oh motivational speaker interesting uh i think um I- i'll set you my name on the internet recently and i saw that um way back in was it 20 20- I don't know, like so many years ago, like I saw myself in a suit skinning me, you know, posting something about being a motivational speaker. Like, oh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah being a teenager, you know, having that dream, you know, for me, I've always wanted to have positive impact, you know, on people around yeah. the world, especially young people, because, you know, a lot of young people have a lot of questions, have a lot of challenges, do not know the right things to do. Right. Yeah. But then when you have people pointing them in the right direction, it actually saves lives. Mm-hmm. And it has it, it has a multiplier effect on other people because you know, once you influence one person, that one person goes out to influence other people around yeah. them. Right. Yeah. And you know, it's it's really fantastic to see um role models like yourself, myself, you know, uh at least give back to to the society that has um, given us a lot to be able to be on uh, on a good path, right? Uh, right. Towards even our uh, success um, in life. Uh, so uh, we have a tradition on, on the pod, right? So the previous guest leaves a question for the next guest, right? So mm-hmm. uh, do, do you want to know the question that was left for you? Yeah. Okay. It says, if you are given the power to lead, how would you change the world around you? Um, I think uh, if I was given a power lead, I know that changes, like I said, changes start small, you know. So I would try to, if I was given the the uh, power to lead um, anything, I would start at, you know, uh, try to change the individuals, you know. So um, like if it was like if I was in charge of like the country, I guess I would like start with trying to impact like the families, like the core, like, yeah, uh, households, you know? Um, And I think that would, you know, uh, trickle out to, you know, uh, communities and then uh, regionally, nationally, and then the country, you know? But um, if I was trying, yeah, if I was trying to change, I was kind of, I know that I would, I have to like kind of change the smallest part. I can't, it's there's no such thing as like big changes you know um but i have to like start start small and then get big uh i guess whatever i'm doing uh interesting all right that reminds me of uh back in uni um 
taking courses in sociology, they say the family is a primary uh, social institution, right? And when the family yeah. gets it right, yeah. the, the entire society would, you know, likely get it right, you know. Uh, right. I think they say yeah. charity, charity begins at home, right? Exactly, exactly, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. so uh, finally, what, what question would you like to leave for the next guest to answer? Oh, man. Okay. Uh, I would like to ask, um, what, what, what would you want your, what do you want your legacy to be? What do you want your legacy to be? What would you love your legacy to be? Wow. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> so family man, thank you very much. My Niger brother, I really appreciate your time today. God bless you. Hi. <laughs> wow, you've got really cute kids. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you very much, brother. Your, your time is really, really appreciated. I can end the recording no problem. now. <laughs>